Welcome everybody, Alexander Krebs speaking. I am the Custom Advisory Lead for Esfahana Strategy at SAP and you are listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. I want to start with a story that is, in my opinion, very remarkable. In around 1980, which was the beginning of the turbo era in Formula One, engineers at BMW dreamed of building an engine to take part in the Formula One championship. They had some experiences in Formula 2, of course, and touring car racing at that time, where they were already very successful with an engine which was based on one you could buy in any 3-series road car at that time. The problem was, though, in 1980 a Formula 1 engine was not a priority at BMW. The board did not approve any development time span on a project like that. So the engineers went rogue. They took ownership worked on it privately after hours, took the same engine blocks that were in those three series road cars and uh, a few months later they went to the board engine saying guess what, turns out we got a Formula One engine that by the way produced over a thousand horsepowers. And this engine went on to win the first world championship for a turbo powered Formula One car in 1983, which by the way has become and still is one of the pillars of the sporty element of BMW's image. Why did I tell you that? Two reasons. First, because it is a prime example how stories and the individuals who are in it determine the heritage, culture and identity of a company. What a brand in, in sense of an enterprise is all about is not determined by top-down guidelines or even brand compliance processes. They are at most able to set up theoretically what a brand is supposed to be like. but Much more a brand is made by any interaction of people with customers or creative activities within the enterprise. A brand is a result of the people inside of it and the things they do, so it is defined day by day. The consequence is then, what people define that brand? Often there is the perception that large enterprises and the corporate environment within them fosters conformists and individualists rather desire more the special characteristics of startups and in a way that may be even true to a certain extent. Large companies with their organization, leadership and often people development structure are in a higher danger of developing a conformism culture that lives top-down operationalization. But Remember the BMW story at the beginning. Corporations need individualists, people who are going rogue sometimes, against the rules, because these rock and rollers are the ones who leave the marks, who carry an operation and are the drivers for modernization and transformation. Corporations who don't have these kind of people burn out, become hollow and even worse, insignificant. Talking about the Formula One tale. SAP is in the enviable situation to have similar stories as the one I told you. I met with one of these rock and rollers who make a difference. Ivo Bauermann, who as senior vice president is responsible for the database and analytics product range at SAP, can tell you stories where individuals in a corporate environment made the difference. Which is by the way the reason I made a two-part episode out of our conversation. The first, which is this one where we talk more about those topics and the second one, which will be released next week, which covers the portfolio part of our conversation. So please sit back and enjoy what Ivo has to say here on the SAP Experts Podcast. Welcome, Ivo. Thank you. This podcast is promising to be a highly interested one because we will not only talk about technology and platforms and applications, but also about mindset, success and doing the right thing. So before we do that and, and to get this like say, storyline into a good start, um, can you tell a little bit about how you came into this industry and what like was laying the foundation of what you are now? So I started, um, after I first started in corporate finance, so you could say I'm a finance guy by background, um, I was doing um, quite a bit of consultancy, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I found that it was very interesting, although 
it was a little awkward when I was advising management and board of directors as a young guy, but never have been down in the trenches myself. And at the time, ERP was up and coming, automating business processes. And that also had my interest. Computer science had my interest. I almost studied computer science before I switched to economics. And for me, it was actually a convergence of two things that I really liked, and that was finance and, and computer science. And it was also an opportunity to get down in the trenches and, and learning more about business processes, learning more about you know, what was really going on beyond the financial statements. So um, I really enjoyed that uh, when, uh, actually it was one time when, when I was doing um, an ERP implementation and then I, uh, I actually got to uh, go down uh, we were we had an office where we doing um, you know the uh, all these systems work. I had an opportunity to go down and really see the manufacturing process. And for me, that was like, okay, th this is why I'm doing this. You know, the, I could see the people operating the machines and the factory lines, and this is what we're trying to automate. So it really came to life. So um, you know, fast forward now, you know, uh, doing more of that automation and uh, technology has evolved. I've seen you know, different waves uh, of uh, changes um, from client server to internet technology and uh, the growth of, of data. And, and that's what we're doing now with lots of innovation. But, but you're not a pure IT guy. You like have two hearts in yourself, a business side, definitely, and an IT side. Yeah, hopefully I'm more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a parent, maybe an athlete. Or I try to be. Um, yeah, no, but for sure, professionally, um, for me, it is about the application of technology. So not just technology itself, but what does it mean for customers? Right. So it's got to have an end result. Um, and, and for me, that is the um, it, seeing how we can use technology and uh, turn it into something meaningful for our customers. Um, for me, that is the, the most important. It gives us a, a goal yeah. to work towards. Especially, uh, that's also what we like from, from my personal ERP perspective, I experience. Technology for technology's sake is pointless. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's, it does not like help to bring something like an emotional connection with the customers. Yeah. You always have to go from the other side around, listen to them, and so on. Then you can like take the te technology and make something meaningful out yeah. of that. Although I must say... I think we can also be very happy that some people just do research. Absolutely, right? That we that we can benefit from, right? If 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 that doesn't happen, then it doesn't get to a point where we can have applied technology. So, you know, for all those people that are working in technology and doing research, it's not pointless. Definitely not. <laughs> But it's we're happy you're doing it. Absolutely, it, it's it's it may be pointless if you like attack uh, like the business um, department no, with an uh, enumeration of technologies. Yeah. Yeah, but it's our job to, and I think that's what you like doing. For sure. You're doing a lot of time or during a lot of time in your life to translate this kind of possibilities of technology to customers. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that 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 really motivates me and in, in my teams. Uh, you know, ultimately seeing it work at a customer side and seeing our customers getting the benefit from it. That's why we do it. When when we talk about how. How this how this comes together and what like motivates you mm -hmm. um, of, of of bringing these things together? Is there something where you say like there are certain principles you follow, or where you say like when I go to a customer, where I when I attack a topic, yeah, it's very important for me to go like this, 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 and then. Yeah, there's a couple of things. One is, um, I'm a big believer that. <laughs> Um, you know, one definition of madness is trying to do the same thing and expect different results. Yeah. So what I'm always looking for, what is it that we can do differently that will actually deliver different results? And especially when things are clearly broken, uh, then, then you need to do something different, right? And you need to fix it. But even when things are going relatively well, but you can improve them, that's also an opportunity to look at something um, you know, new or different, you know, looking at innovation, new technology, what is it that we can apply, you know, to improve that? So that is, uh, that is certainly a key uh, driver. Um, another driver for me is, um, and sort of an, an extension of, of that principle is looking 
you know, at the, the art of the possible, right? So not just accepting, you know, a status quo, um, but looking at, you know, what, what can be done, right? You know, let's try it out. Let, let's, let's give it a go. And that is both on the customer side. Um, I, I think a lot of times, you know, in, in my career, uh, even early in my career and, and also now, um, I think you know, bring an external point of view to a customer and, and knowing now what kind of technology is available is a big part of, of my job and a part of my team's job is to bring it to the customers. You know, look, look what's possible right now. And, um, and, and you can see the customers are really opening up to that. But also internally, it also means for us, you know, as a company, you know, not to be complacent with what we have, but also looking at, hey, maybe we should do things differently. Maybe we should not just continue to build the products that we've always done. Absolutely. And, and, and what is the art of, pos- art of possible for us? So that, it, I think, you know, I've been able to achieve a couple of things, you know, by adhering to those principles. When we are talking about achievements, um, this is a very nice bridge to a story mm. I've, let's call it, I've heard and which I very much like because I think stories are very important for the culture and the identity of a company. Mm. Maybe sometimes even more than, let's say, like top-down induced strategy. Um, I like these, these stories which show like there are people in there in, in a certain company which have their visions and their personal ideas and do a lot of things like to, to make uh, these come true. And there's a story about you, and, but it's not only you, it's about there were other people involved and so on. You probably can talk about them too. When it was about doing things different, like you said in the beginning, you probably know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Um, I think I know what you talk about, <laughs> at least I hope, because uh, otherwise it would mean there's other stories that I do not know about. We will find out about All that. Right. <laughs> um, no, I think what you're alluding to is uh, you know, a big project that we had started a couple of years ago, um, which is um, what we now call Analytics Cloud. And um, it was about you know, four years ago where uh, you know, I did recognize with, with a few other people uh, that we needed to do something different. Um, we were the leader in business intelligence, we were a leader in, in, uh, in EPM, as we called it at the time, enterprise performance management, but we also knew that it, it was, you know, it was getting to, you know, uh, or actually we were being challenged. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, look, I mean, it happens, Absolutely. but that's also an opportunity. And, and so we didn't want to hold on to that and we wanted to change that. And, um, and I think, um, yeah, maybe, uh, um, you know, especially a company like SAP, uh, you know, you, you have the, uh, the the risk when you want to introduce that kind of change that maybe not every everyone agrees Absolutely. with you. <laughs> so, um, but hey, you know, you got to do what's uh, what's what's right, uh, what's right for our customers and what's right for our business. And at the time, we felt that we needed to do something very different. So uh, we introduced a, a, a whole new uh, product, but it was along several dimensions how we changed it. And again, I felt that that was needed to serve our customers better, right? If, if they're telling us that they like a competitor better than our products, you know, then, you know, that, that says something. They, they need something else that we're not giving them, which is their right. Uh, and it's our obligation then to listen. And, and I think that's what we did. And you know we we build a whole new product from scratch. So so how can I imagine that? Since we are talking now not about something like a strategy which was top down implemented, where some like board members said we have to go in this direction and you will do that. Yeah, but it was something completely different. It was something like bottom up um, innovation was like bottom up portfolio influence. Maybe we can call it like that. How did that work out? How did you get budget? Do you have budget at all? Um, how did you get like find people who were also fire for this? I, I, I can even frame it different for you. So the one of the first conversations that I had about this with Garrett, Garrett Kassmeyer, yeah. right, who is now the head of the whole database and data management and analytics, 
the first conversation that we had about this topic, you know, how do we want to approach this, mm-hmm. was actually at 7 a.m. in Building One down in the in the in the canteen. It was dark over coffee, so mm-hmm. there, there was no you know big strategy talk or anything. It was just you know two people talking about you know having a coffee and you know what do we need to do here, right? and and um, you know it wasn't even a long conversation, Alex. It, you know it, we figured it out pretty quick. And by the way, this this is not just us. This was also based on you know other conversations that I've had with multiple people. But I was fully convinced that we needed to do three things differently. One is we needed to build a solution, and it, it sounds completely obvious. But at the time, a lot of what we were doing, and it's you know maybe um, you know not surprising as a technology company, but trying to build a platform and then. Wait and see if that would turn into you know something useful. And you know, I observed in the market that at the time uh, it shifted from IT to the business buyer. And business buyers don't buy platforms; they yeah. buy solutions. So that was number one. Number two was that you know we had to go to the cloud. I mean that that was just a given. You know, that's where the the, the capital was going. Uh, that's where the startups got funded, and that's a clear indicator. Um, and a, and a quick story there, I, I actually used it. <laughs> um, I said, this is great. Um, we have these competitors growing um, and they get a lot of funding, which means I don't have to do the research. You know, <laughs> those financial analysts already yeah. did the research for us. There was you know, 400 million or 500 million already being poured into uh, competitive solutions and they were all in the cloud. So you know, I didn't need a lot of uh, you know, additional. You knew that would be the place to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, venture capitalists are not stupid. <laughs> you yeah. know? So, um, and uh, I actually used that um, um, in, in, in my earlier presentations, you know, to, to frame it. I use pictures from Wall Street. <laughs> Remember the movie in the 80s? Yeah. Um, Gordon Gekko. Yeah, Gordon Gekko. And uh, um, I, I didn't say greed is good, uh, yeah. but I did say follow the money. And not the scene from the limousine? Uh, no, <laughs> no, we were not quite there yet, and maybe not even now. But um, no, it was following the money. Yeah, you know, sure. just just see where where the uh, the venture capitalists were funding. So that was cloud, and then third uh, was to you know let's make use of our primary technology. That's fantastic, and and it was Hana. Yeah, and 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 you know may sound surprising, but at the time, not everyone was fully on board with sort of using that as the primary technology. Um, and you know, I, I was I was and convinced that we had to be full full in. In my opinion, it still is even like that because still too few people players know that Hana is 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 a platform to develop to to generate ideas on, not just something like a database. Yeah. So you were one of the first to realize that that you can really build things upon that. Yeah. Well, n- not just me, um, but um, yeah, I, I think we we did see that as an opportunity. So Garrett, for example, came yeah. from HANA. So he knew um, the, the technology and, and what it could do. Mm-hmm. Again, the art of the possible. And one of the projects that convinced me that it was possible, right, that they could do something was actually an application that they had built for, I think it was at, it was for Hoffenheim, for one of those soccer teams. Yeah. And, and again, I use that as an example you know, with other people, right? So how do you convince then other people that this is the right thing to do? And whether this is the right team and the right technology, you know, to do it, and and I use that example. I didn't even go into you know all the, the great things that they had built. They had built a geospatial engine. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, shoot me, but what does it mean, <laughs> right? So what I used literally, I used uh, in an iPad, and I showed you know business leaders, you know, this is the right technology and, and, and the right team. Why? You know, look at this. Here's an iPad that a football coach can use, or sorry, soccer for those of you in in the states. Uh, that a soccer coach or a football coach can use. What do they know about database? What do they know about geospatial engines and, and you know what, what have you? Nothing, nothing. But all they know is I have a job to do. I have to make my team better. And now I have an application that can help me with that. And I said, you know, imagine, imagine a technology team using this powerful technology and they turn it into an iPad application. You know that that someone on, on on the field on the soccer field can use. I mean, that to me proved it. So add it all together. You know, following money, uh, convinced that um, you know we we had to build a solution, and you know we have a technology and a team that have already done it. You know, I, I was I was all in. <laughs>
And from from then on, it was something like um, automatization, or and, and it just went its way. <laughs> no. Or I definitely don't no. think so. No, <laughs> no, this, we're we're just at the idea stage here, Alex. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> we had convinced ourselves, and you know, we could certainly convince other people, uh, but it's still you know a long way to go. And by the way, you know what? That's also good. I, I never took that as a negative. Um, and, and, you know, Garrett the same way and, and everyone involved from the beginning. Um, you know, I, I said, this is actually a great way to get tested. See, that, that's where it can be different from if you're, if you're a startup, you know, you get tested on day one, yeah. right? Immediately, right? You know, because you have nothing going for you. What we did within SAP, even though we're part of a big company, We did want to run it uh, as a startup, right? So we wanted to innovate and we want to be, you know, uh, very, uh, you know, want to accelerate and, you know, move fast and, and all of that. But the danger we understood was that if we do not pressure ourselves, we're not going to operate as a startup. Yeah. You know, we're, we're just going we're, we're to uh, act like a startup uh, because we're not under the same pressure. You know, we're we are in a big company. You know, if we if we fail, you know, the, you know, very simply put, we're not going to go bankrupt. You know, uh, we our careers may not be in in the best possible position or whatever, but you know, um, it, it, it's it's not a um, it, it, it's not crisis. Right? Exactly, so yeah. so we had applied that pressure on ourselves. You know, from the beginning, you know, if, if we want to run as a startup, then we have to act as a startup. And it means, you know, we have to apply the pressure. And, you know, luckily, I, I think, you know, we found, you know, uh, certainly Garrett and myself and other people have a very competitive nature. So uh, that, that sort of came, came natural and, and we want to do the right thing. And, um, you know, I, I think by doing that, you also uh, uh, are able to get you know, other people to tag along and, um, you know, maybe uh, it was not on purpose and not intentional, and maybe some people dropped out because that's not what they wanted to do. But you know, that that just 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 being part of the uh, of the whole project, it, it definitely like puts a certain amount of pressure on all the people involved. Like if you go into that mode where you are, which is like of course different like when you're used to working in something like a corporate mm -hmm. environment, yeah, and you have generated your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. When you have to step out and become into that or get into that mode where you're constantly like you have to justify, you have to like convince constantly and you have that constant sparring, which is a fight in itself, yeah, to be always tested if you are still like on the on the same 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 way mm -hmm. on the correct way how did you keep the motivation up of all involved we did it in a couple of ways um you know first of all uh, it may have been one of my first meetings right when we got sort of you know people together you know hey look we're going to do something different get ready <laughs> right um i remember at one point i explain to development leaders um, you know I said look you know, I, I was trying to paint a picture of uh, what would what would be required you know to pull this off and I started out because you know I've, I've spent a lot of time on that side on the business side and sales and I said you know that's where the competition is right you know the field is out there salespeople sales reps pre-sales They're competing against their competitors, other vendors, right? And everyone was nodding, yeah, that's where we fight, that's where we compete. And then I said, wrong. It starts with you. You are competing against another engineering team. If our solutions are better liked by customers, then you are losing, yeah. right? Other engineering teams found a better way. Either It to doesn't matter. Yeah, to solve the problem. It doesn't matter whether it's better technology, better applied, better coding, you know, better UI, easier to use. It doesn't really matter. You know, they found a way that is better than yours. And yes, of course, you know, sales teams are competing and all of that, but it starts with engineering. And, you know, I'm sure there were many people that disagreed with me and still disagree. Um, but by setting that, that tone, um, I think we, we did get the right people with the right mindset or willing to change yeah. their mindset to bring that kind of competition that, that we needed. And it's not just, you know, competition in the sense of, you know, we're, we're fighting, but it's more, you know, hey, look, 
like I said earlier, we gotta we gotta apply some pressure here because if we don't, um, then you know at some point it will, but it may be too late, and we build a crappy solution. You know, so we gotta do it from from the early start because we're part of this big company, so we have to apply the pressure ourselves to do the right thing, to build the right solutions for our customers. That will eventually then you know be better than than our competitors. Um, and our engineers, you know, have to um, you know also be be willing to you know take that kind of mindset, but it also starts with development managers. Quick little story, by the way. Um, I, I do remember at, at, at one point I was pulled aside. I was walking down the hallways. You know, I used to go to uh, Waldorf quite a bit uh, at the time, although I was traveling around the world um, in, in, in meeting with customers. But I always wanted to make sure I got back here to Waldorf and meet with development, meet with Garrett and his teams and, know, and, and sitting down with the developers and engineers knowing what was going on. I was walking down the hallway and at one point, you know, a developer stopped me, um, you know, and, and he was, you know, let's say, experienced, you know, one of the more senior developers, mm -hmm. I, I would guess, right? And he stopped me and he said, you know what? You know, I heard you talk about competition and, and engineers. And <laughs> he said, you know, I never thought about that, but you know what? Now I want to kill the competition. <laughs> I said, good, start, start with coding. <laughs> but but this is a very interesting example because normally you said if you want to be successful in let's say building up something like this if you have a any kind of project you you need top management buy-in do not start before you have that because otherwise you're yep. doomed anyway this is like the the say how the story goes in the most of the cases everybody talks about that in your case it was a little bit different because um the ownership of like um, I'm the one like getting all the s point 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 if it fails when not nobody from the top management it was like you and some other people's yeah so it was like you had to be the one doing the motivation mm -hmm. taking over the extreme ownership and so on mm -hmm. um, how did you motivate yourself to do this risk because probably you could also have maybe find some easier way to proceed during that time Well, I mean, for me, it, it, it was it was actually easy because I, I I don't I don't like to stand still, mm. <laughs> you know that that's how I am as a as as a person. Uh, you know, people that know me know me as someone who likes to improve, um, you know, anything, um, and uh, you know whether it's mental, whether it's uh, conditioning, or um, you know being nicer <laughs> to other people, you know, socially and and what have you. So. For me, that came came natural, um, and um, out of a motivation to help others, right? Help our customers. I, I, I you know, I truly believe. I mean, I'm not just doing this, you know, for for me or my career or you know, being successful, or getting status or, or anything. It it starts. I mean, if, if that's your starting point, then this is probably not, you know, um, you know, your your industry, um, and. You know, I firmly believe it's got to start with something else, and that is being driven by helping others. And from a solution side, it was to help our customers. I, I did see that that some of the solutions that that we delivered were no longer cutting it, yeah. and I saw other solutions that were. So again, you know, we're not doing our customers a service. Uh, I didn't feel good about it. I, you know, that's a customer that goes through the competition tells you something very clearly. You are not doing them a service. It's that simple, right? Otherwise, they would stay with you. So, that that was the first uh, motivation. Helping others was also, and I, you know, honestly, you know, when I tell those stories about you know development and, and you know competition and all of that, I really felt that I was also helping, or at least trying to help, you know, development, you know, because what fun is it? And I know how hard our developers work and engineers work, and they do all the dirty work. They're in the trenches. They do all the coding. You know, they're in the you know the back offices. You know, working long hours. You know, piecing it all together. It's very hard work. But in the end, what fun is it if you know the products don't mean anything to anyone or very little? So I really felt that that was an opportunity also to you know help the development teams and the engineers and the architects. You know, let's do something great. Yeah. Let's build something phenomenal that we can all be proud of. Was there something like a moment when you then realized, yeah, it works out? 
or was it something where I was so clear from the beginning that was was just the right thing and uh, or was it was it really yeah. let's say something like moments of let's say hidden hidden times being maybe a little bit nervous if it turns out sometimes maybe that, that maybe the case then you realize that okay yeah. we got now this feedback we we crossed the line it works out yeah for me it's not that binary it's not whether i believe in it or not or whether i'm encouraged or discouraged or nervous or not nervous for me it's a progression and i'm a i think i'm a you know natural optimist so i i believed in it you know from from the beginning um so so did others um you know garrett for sure i mean we were you know we we're really convinced that we were doing the right thing and that we could pull this off and i think that that also projects you know if, if you show the kind of belief then you know other people can believe right uh, and and um, and, and we have to project that, but I, 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 that was not fake. I mean, I really believed in it. I really believed that um, we were doing the right thing, and um, and it was really up to us, you know, to 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 make it happen. And then along the way, you can see, you know, things started to come together. But you know, to be honest, you know, the first mock-ups already showed me <laughs> mm. that this could be done. Um, I'm pretty sure the people that were part of it was like, you know, you were crazy. There was nothing at the time. But I really felt that, you know, the, the first mock-ups that they showed, both from a solution and, as well as from a design perspective, because we, we brought in um, a, a great design team, which was also pretty new uh, with Nico Licht. Um, they already started to, you know, bring in sort of a design that, that you know, it, it made it tangible. So I was already, I, I was convinced early on. It's like, okay, yeah, we're we're heading in the right direction, and then it's just progressively start to deliver on that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, as as we went along, uh, you know, we we got you know more and more validation and feedback from customers. I worked a lot with partners, uh, a lot of our partners that that knew the new hour and still know yeah. you know our old old solutions. And you know, I asked them, you know, are, are we on the right track? Um, and for me, it was important because a partner, some of them are the smaller partners in particular, they're business owners, right? So you know, they, they can't afford to make a mistake. So they would tell me if, if we were in the wrong direction. So I got more and more feedback and, and that, that things were working out, you know, both external and internal. But again, that was more of a, a, a progression and, and, you know, we felt more and more confident. There were times though, let me tell you, is it okay if I absolutely quick, quick, absolutely. quick story? Because you, you also asked me about uh, you know the, uh, the 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 competitive uh, nature or sort of the motivational mm -hmm. um, aspect, and um, you know we used as a uh, project name and also logo we used the the, the great white shark. Okay, from so, Jaws. From or? Jaws. Yes. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yes, you, and um, and it was because of. Uh, um, you know, th this whole notion of, uh, you know, SAP is, is a great company and we have great solutions and we were delivering great solutions. I mean, it, it was not wrong and it was not bad, you know, absolutely great solutions, but you get very complacent. And I think it was Garrett who came up with this image of, you know, it, it's like a will, right? You know, and everyone likes a will. Mm, <laughs> you know, sure. it's, it's a very lovely animal, um, you know, but it's kind of quiet you know and it's big it's not fast and you know we wanted to turn it around so if we don't want to be a whale what do we want to be and then we came up with this image you know we want to be a shark you know let's be a shark and not just in the, in the aggressive sense but it's more like you know, efficiency efficient yeah. yeah and fast and 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 you know this, this leanness and 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 um yeah, you know, agile and just you know, phenomenal shape. Um, so we used used that as the uh, as the image. And yes, we did use also the uh, the the Jaws movie um, theme um, as well. You know, to build on that, I, I think people could really rally behind it. And I think even the, in the early demos, we had the characters from the movie <laughs> as the, the as the users, which was pretty funny. Um, I think at least I thought. And I've also used the, um, uh, remember that scene, uh, this is famous scene when they're on a boat and it's the first time that they see Jaws. Yeah. We need a bigger boat. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I used. I, I, I had used that image and, and you do see uh, the, the lead character. The other guys haven't even seen the shark. Mm -hmm. And it, it's phenomenal directing uh, by uh, Steven Spielberg. So you haven't even seen the shark, but you can really feel its presence you yeah. know, through that, that, that character and that actor. And you can only see his face. You don't even see the shark. You see his face, and he, you know his jaw, you know, drops open. A cigarette falls out. Cigarette of Cigarette falls out, yeah. and 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 then there's the famous line: "Hey guys, I think we need a bigger boat." There's not this, you know. Hey, oh my God, this is big shark yelling. It's like you know this all build up. Um, and I, I've used that too um, in, in in the early presentations. You asked me about you know how do you get people along, and and it was with with images like that where I said you know this is the expression I want to see on our competitors' faces. <laughs> that they feel <laughs> that they need a bigger boat because we released this shark. So um, yeah, that um, I, I think that helped, you know, rally the, you know, all the teams and, and motivate people mm -hmm. and, and, and give, you know, people purpose and, and, and drive that motivation. Uh, and, uh, but I must also say that, uh, that there, <laughs> there was one time uh, you know, look, it's not all success, right? You asked me, so did you sure. believe in it and, and, and see, uh, you know, progression? We did see progression. There was also, uh, you know, one time, it was about a year or so after we had released it that, um, you know, we hit a few bumps in the road. And then, uh, you know, back to that analogy with a shark, you know, someone had said, hey, you know, we, <laughs> you guys built something great, but I'm not sure if it's a shark. You know, it's more like Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's reality. Th that's a kick. <laughs> yeah, but also good. Also good. I think we needed it. We needed it because we also, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, we knew we had success and and we knew we had momentum yeah. and and we needed that dose of reality. It's like, hey, guys, you're not there yet. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, don't. Yeah, you got this image of a shark, but you're not there yet. You know, you're you're just still this little fish. It's like, okay. Back, back to the drawing board. What do we need to do now to, to take to the but, next But level? you need these people telling you that, of course, good idea, but you're still a fish because that, that keeps you from like maybe your fantasy and your, your maybe the, the, the marketing motivation taking over and you overpromise and oversell and so on. Um, I think this, this, this sparring, yeah, this is what, what really helps something to become great and to become relevant what, what you want to be and um so absolutely that, that that's the <clears throat> even though it was coming from a, 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 uh, internal so mm -hmm. this was also from within sap uh, it was external from this startup within yeah. the company right so for us you know it was still you know other people telling us what we were doing right or wrong and at that time we needed that we needed someone to tell us that you know you need to do better you know, you've done well, but you need to do better. And, and that is also, um, you know, the, the, the pitfall that you can then, you know, fall into if you don't recognize that, that you're still, you know, part of a big company and, you know, you're not going bankrupt. But you need other people to tell you that, hey, you know, look, you, you got to do better. You know, it's, it's got a lot of potential. And, and I really appreciated that, that people were um, frank about it and, and candid because it, it meant that they cared, you know? Wouldn't it be the worst if, if these people didn't tell it? Absolutely. You know, then, Absolutely. then they don't care. It's like, you know what, you know, these, these guys suck, they have something, but you know what, I'm not gonna tell them because I don't care. So at least people cared. And, and I really appreciated that. But history is full of, of examples where exactly this was like something like a stimulus that helped the success when people were saying, I take something maybe like my most biggest critic or like my, advisory and I'm bringing him to the boat because I need him because I just can be good if I have him mm -hmm. yeah to to be more or less successful yeah and, and, and people want to be part of you know something and you know when, when when you offer you know that kind of direction and that that people can believe in if, even even the people that were at a distance as at first you know the the, the more and more you, you progress you know the, the more you see people you know jump on it and you know, dare I say, some of your biggest critics actually become your biggest supporters, right? And and rightfully so. I mean, maybe they had every reason to believe yeah. that we were wrong, but how great is it? Um, and, and the biggest compliment you can get is that you know, your biggest critic turns into your supporter. So, and I never felt you know any um, animosity to that. 
I, I always felt that you know actually that that is that is fantastic. Uh, you know, and it was never like, well, you never believed in it, so you know, no longer part of this. No, come along, right? Come along now, because you know th th this is the right time. And, and I'm, I'm glad you you also found you know that kind of value. And uh, and actually, you know, thank you for, and still for those of you listening, <laughs> if you were a big critic, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> um, and continue to do so. And continue to do so. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're nowhere near uh, uh, done. Yeah, absolutely. When you look back now, are there still things where you said um, you would have done different if you would do it again? Oh yeah, yeah. What are your like the the biggest and maybe the most hurtful lessons learned, if there are any? Well, I mean, it's easy to look in hindsight, yeah. right? Um, so uh, there's nothing that, at least, I regret because you know you can change it anyway. But if you look at, okay, what, what would I do better now? And, and that's also what we recently have done, you know, with, with another new product that we have built, Data Warehouse Cloud, um, is, is manage expectations better, right? So, like I said, you, you, you get so convinced and, and you mm. believe so much. And I, I didn't even know if it's, if it's wrong. You know, I, I can't even, you know, you know, go back and say, you know, well, that was stupid. Um, because you need that. Because if you don't do it, then it's very hard to overcome all the hurdles. So you may have to overshoot in your optimism and in, in your belief. Um, but the downside of it, it is, you know, you 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 absolutely blow up expectations, and and then then it can backfire. Um, and certainly when uh, you're within a big company, but I'm sure if you're part of a startup, you know, you, you have the same thing with your venture capitalists yeah. and, and, and your your investors. And so did we. Um, so within no time, this project, you know, also uh, got um, word, you know, at the board level. Um, and then it came back down. Said, like, well, if you guys are so good, why don't you, you know, add this to it as well? Mm -hmm. So we got some additional expectations. Um, and you know, we obviously took it as a as a good thing. You know, now we got recognition at the board level, and I still think it was very good. But it also raised the expectations that you know. We're, You know, was also hard to deliver on, and and may have delayed us uh, on our original plan. You know, quite significantly, you know, because then, um, you know, the, our scope expanded way too quick. And yes, you know, to your point, then then you have to risk that you you're not delivering on on your promises. So yeah, so we we're, we're managing expectations a little bit better now. Did you experience something like a moment where? I think that can easily happen when things are turning out in the beginning good and things look good and then suddenly you have many friends. And they maybe have, let's say, interests and so on too that you may include things that you did not plan to and that, that their direction would be different than what you intended to or what you were convinced would be the right direction. Did you like experience situations like that and how did you For resolve sure. them? For sure. Um, and again, it's not black and white. Because it, it was also good, um, but again, we had to be careful. And uh, you know, for example, you know, within SAP, because we were building a solution, uh, you know, for in, in the first instance, it was for finance, right? so help finance, you know, plan and forecast better, better analyze. But from the beginning, I said, even though we're SAP, we you know, we run it as a startup, and as a startup, you have to build the best solution. Period. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that you're SAP, right? And I was fully convinced that if we build the better product, period, for anyone, that automatically includes SAP customers. Makes sense, right? If it's a finance analyst that's looking for a great solution, and we build a great solution, irrespective of whether that person uses SAP or not, um, you know, we can we can win. And then. And that was the starting point. And then over time, you know, obviously it got attention, you know, so within SAP and so okay, this can complement our existing solutions. But in order to make it, you know, work, here are our requirements. I'm not saying that that was wrong. Um, they, they were absolutely right, you know, to demand it. Um, but for us, maybe to give in too soon on certain requirements, they're very specific 
to SAP, we lost or we deviated from that goal of having the best solution. Because if we build something that is specific to SAP, maybe in a certain integration or a certain way to integrate, that, that means something for an SAP customer, right? And you can say that's the right thing to do, Evo, um, for SAP customers. But it's basically saying no or doing something irrelevant to all those other customers that are out there. So, yeah, that to me was always a, a, a fine line to balance, right? And, and I, you know, I think we achieved both eventually, but there were some, some, some rough patches, you know, that we went through where, you know, we, we definitely feel, you know, some internal pressure that, you know, as, as a real startup, we may not have felt and, and we could have stayed the course. Um, but then in the end, um, you know, it also gives us the benefit then of being, you know, very attractive and, and, and very close attached to highly proven solutions. So, um, but yeah, I, I've always kept in mind that, that we need to do both. I'm, I'm glad that we did mm -hmm. and that we didn't just, you know, get, you know, go full on. It's okay. Let's, let's optimize this now completely, you know, for SAP. Um, you know, because we're also out there to help anyone, whether they're SAP or not. I always felt it my obligation that if we if we provide such a solution to a non-SAP customer, we actually turn them into an SAP customer, mm -hmm. and not just for us, but for everyone else. And and um, so we, we have a bigger purpose than just you know our own success. And um, you know, um, I, I think we still delivered on that, and we see that. And in fact, if you allow me, one of our first customers was actually a non-SAP customer. This is, I think, the, let's say, the best outcome, what is possible. Yeah, 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 yeah the best possible outcome. And, and you know, we, we had released the uh, uh, solution, you know, I, I think it was just in, in market, you know, for not even a quarter, maybe just a few months. And um, yeah, this customer... No SAP, just, uh, you know, had seen some of the, you know, early videos and some of the early demos and was really attracted to just by, you know, the, the, the functionality and its look and feel and, and what have you. And, um, you know, I, I remember I, I literally, um, it was the almost the last day of the quarter, you know, I, I got a call from, from the president of the company and, um, you know, because our regular sales team wasn't even ready yet you know, to, to price it and, and, and sell it. So I literally had to, uh, you know, close that deal, uh, you know, over the phone. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just not the, the typical SAP customer, you know, I'm buying this because, you know, I have BW, I have SAP yeah, ERP yeah, for yeah. years and, you know, why don't you throw this in for good measure? It was really like, you know, Hey, look, I mean, my team tells me this is a great solution. So, you know, how can you help me out here? And, you know, and, and we did, you know, it was the first customer. I remember I called, Garrett and told him about it. It's a very emotional moment. I believe so. And, <laughs> but before we go a little bit closer to that solution, um, one last uh, question about that, let's say, the more um, soft stuff. When, when people are listening to that and say, okay, I'm a young person and so on, I'm going into business now, want to work at some of these great big companies, um, what are your recommendations? about them how because that's what what i get quite often asked like um, how shall i behave uh, um, they they are these let's say two types of schools large enterprises tend to foster and a little bit maybe uh, attract conformists uh, non-conformists with own ideas tend to be more let's say on the small company side or becoming entrepreneurs themselves um, but of course, we want to have these people. We need these people because they shape us. Um, what is your recommendation for these people? Well, I, the, the the simple answer is actually what what I told one of my teams in in Berlin. In fact, we got a couple of guys here um, so they can confirm. But you know, we, we got a relatively new team in in Berlin, and and I, I you know must say that we hired a different profile, you know, uh, younger, you know, innovative, more creative than we would typically hire, for for a purpose, to drive that kind of change. And when they asked me, you know, about so what what are your goals for us? What are your expectations? And you know, I think typically people then expect, you know, okay, here's a manager, business manager, you know, give us your goals and your KPIs and what are you going to measure us on, which is obviously part of it. My answer to them was this: don't become SAP. 
And what I meant by that is that, you know, don't just, you know, simply comply yeah. just because you're joining, exactly. right? And, and, you know, if don't you become- Because a, others do so, because- Because others do yeah. so. Um, if, if, you, if you join, and, and that, that's my message to, you know, everyone out there, you know, thinking of, of joining SAPs, you know, help us build a new SAP. And, and I, that's what I like about this company. I mean, it's got a long history, which is good. And it's got a lot of legacy, which is good. Um, but it also has this openness, you know, to new things. Right? You, you, you can break things, you know. Like I said, in our project, um, you, know, you may have called us rogue, Mm -hmm. Right, but how, how great is that that SAP even allows us to do that? We we could have been shut down very early. Someone could have kind of come in and said, you know, you guys are crazy. You're not complying, you know, with our current standards. Uh, it's too early to go to the cloud. Yeah, uh, you know, not it's too early strategy. And yeah, so on. yeah. So we're not going to do that. So my recommendation is, you know, um, you know, be be open. You know, uh, bring new and and creative ideas and and help us, you know, build the the, the next. Uh, version of, of SAP and, and, you know, not blowing up the old, but build on the old. And, and there's certainly, uh, you know, a lot of opportunity for that and, and bring, you know, creativity and, and new ideas and, and you can do a lot of great things. And I think that that's what we're seeing, you know, in our teams even today, right? So um, we did it before and recently we did it again, you know, with, again, new solutions uh, without, Throwing the old away, um, we're 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 building on uh, on, on our, our great legacy and in, in history, while we're also bringing a lot of innovation and you know, bring that mindset. You know, be be willing to you know bring it and you know don't comply. You got time to do that. Do rock and roll. <laughs> oh yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be the youngest, and I still think I can uh, you know change and do things differently. Sure. I think that's what, what, what makes young. And uh, the, I like this quote, I think it's from Einstein or something like that. Like, I took really long to become really young. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. I, I think, um, well, I may not speak for everyone, but um, I would hope that every one of us still has, you know, the, this young kid, you know, inside of us that says, you know, hey, Break the rules. Break the rules. Have fun. That's <laughs> Have the most fun. important thing. Break Have the fun. rules. You know. What we are going to do now is we do a short break. Okay. And we will be right after back after this because Sounds we good. make a two-part out of that. And then we will take a closer look at what you have actually done with your rogue activities. See you Look later. Forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>